You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Upland Brits, B Pro Kennels, Final Rise, and a Nook Shook Professional Dog Food. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Upland Rookie Podcast. I'm your host, Will Larson, and you are listening to episode 63. Today, I sit down and chat with David Torres and Preston McKelvey from Team No Fly Zone. This is going to be part one of a, I think, a three-part series. We're going to chat with all the guys from Team No Fly Zone, and uh, over the next month or so, might get into late October, early November, uh, by the time we release all three parts uh, from this little mini-series. But we get to know these guys a little bit deeper. And what is Team No Fly Zone? Well, we'll get to hear about that a little bit more. Uh, Some of the trials these guys are running, some of the birds uh, that they're hunting, and of course, their dogs. So I hope you guys enjoy this one as much as I did. Uh, We're going to do something a little bit different today as well. We're going to roll through sponsors off the cuff. I'm not going to do any ad reads. Uh, We're just going to kind of roll through them and uh, go from there. If you like it, let me know. If not, whatever. (laughs) We'll go from there. Uh, First one, a big thank you to B Pro Kennels. Uh, Guys, if you ever considered a dog box, I say this, if you ever thought about, hey, would love to get a custom setup one day or just would love a dog box. You kind of know what you want. You want a a two-hole box or you want a three-hole box. Give Ben Proctor a call over at B Pro Kennels. Check him out on uh, bprokennels.com and uh, start dreaming. Like, what is that that dream dog box that that you want uh, wanted to create? Uh, Ben's got a brilliant mind in creating and designing uh, products that are high quality and function how you need them. It's going to be different for every person. He's got some cust- or he has some uh, standard boxes up on the website, but uh, he, he's big into making the product what you want. And so, if you don't want lights, or if you want a bigger um, solar panel, like like whatever those little items are going to be, uh, Ben's going to be your guy and get that product designed for you and uh, put together for uh, for the back of your truck. So give him a call, uh, bprokennels.com or reach out to him, him on Instagram. Uh, podcast listeners do get a discount. So if you are going to pull the trigger on a dog box, use code ROOKIE10. It's going to save you 10% off that dog box order, uh, which is going to be a significant amount of money when we're talking a custom dog box that's going to last you a long, 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 long time. So uh, check them out. Next uh, sponsor is Final Rise Gear. Guys, you know I've been rocking and loving Final Rise for the past several years. Uh, I believe this is season three I'm heading into with the Legacy Vest, and it is one of my favorite things I have uh, purchased. One of my favorite things to do when I go hunting is is put on that vest, load it up with uh, shells, and uh, start walking. And so it's just a quality gear, a lot of customization, um, whether it's changing out pockets, taking pockets off, adding more on. Um, it's just a piece of gear that is going to, again, last forever and something that you could even pass down to your kids. Um, it's just that kind of a, uh, that kind of gear that is uh, high quality and it's going to function again how you need it. It's not going to be this this cookie cutter um piece of gear that uh kind of one size fits all this is going to be something that you can really dial in get custom to how you want to use it and uh just your body type and all that kind of stuff so um one of the other things that i really really have loved from final rise has been the gloves <laughs> um, i don't know what they're called matt you may have a fancy name for them uh, but they are just a, a really really nice glove 
really surprised me. Um, I, I wore them early September and I was like, ah, oh, you know, they're a glove at first. I was, you know, but then I put them on and my gosh, really, really comfortable. And you really can use uh, your, your iPhone, your, your Garmin devices. You can use all of it without taking the glove off, um, which is incredible. It's a really, really nice form fitting glove, uh, low cuff. So it's not going to ride a really, uh, not going to ride high on your, on your wrist. Kind of, uh, kind of a low cut uh, glove, and just a. It's been a, a piece of gear this year that I've been pleasantly, pleasantly surprised with. So, if you're in the market for a pair of gloves, uh, check them out at uh, finalride.com. Also, want to thank Anook Shook Professional Dog Food. My dogs have been eating Anook Shook dog food for quite a while now. Um, when engaged, have been phenomenal on this food. Um, their energy levels have been super consistent through every hunt we've been on as when they've been on this food. There's been some other foods that I've been on. We get, uh, we've gotten midday through a hunt and they just start shutting down. They didn't have the calories in them to keep going. And I was like, what the heck's going on? Well, I'll switch back to a nook shook. It's several, uh, what probably last, probably last year, switch back to a nook shook. And I've uh, not had an issue since. And we're running long, hard days. And these dogs, energy is, is consistent. Um, just the calorie count per cup is just so high in a nook shook that uh, it's just they I, they have that, that reserve to burn through these long hunts. And so for any sporting dog, a dog that is super active, um, you're going to want to look at a nook shook dog food. I even got Max switched over to the 2616 blend. So he's off his uh, puppy stuff that he was on from the breeder and fully on a nook shook. And man, that dog can eat. <laughs> he is, he is chowing down right now uh, on some food. He might be out eating when engaged both right now, but he's a puppy. So he's, uh, he's putting those calories in and definitely burning them off. So um, the other thing cool with a nook shook is uh, you might want to look into becoming a trusted reseller or uh, going in on, on a pallet order. Uh, maybe you have some people in your area that uh, are on a Nook Shook or want to be on a Nook Shook. Uh, you know, a really nice thing is buying in bulk from a Nook Shook. And so you can do a pallet order, get that shipped to your house and either, you know, become a, a reseller and resell it. Um, go in on, on a pallet order with some friends of yours in your area. Um, so kind of a cool option. It really, really keeps the cost down. Uh, but just in general, the cost uh, per cup in this food, the value is just so awesome. Um, I can feed... A fraction of what I was feeding with some other foods, and these dogs have never looked healthier. They've never acted better um, since they've been on a nook shook. So, all that to say, check out a nook shook if you haven't yet. Um, it's it's been a phenomenal, phenomenal product. Uh, last one, Trinity Bretons. Trinity Bretons. Uh, I just saw a post today, actually a little bit uh, ago, before I jumped on this uh, from Josh. And uh, it looks like Moose just took uh, one another field trial out in New Jersey at a, a Brittany club. And, uh, I mean, Moose, if you haven't followed along this journey, uh, I've done a couple podcasts now with, with Jeff Ryder and Josh Ryder, both. And, um, Moose, he's for sure their top dog. And it's just a fun story to see. It's a fun story to see this little, you know, 34 pound, you know, French Brittany tearing it up in these, these big running field trials. And, uh, he seems like a hell of a dog, uh, more so Trinity Bretons of, of the kind of dogs that they're putting out. Um, it's something I've appreciated getting to know them over the last several years and their intentionality behind their breeding program and development of their bird dogs is, uh, it's a fascinating story. Um, I've done two episodes with them. I forget the numbers off the top of my head. Uh, I did a, a recent one with Jeff Ryder and we get all into breeding and COI coefficient inbreeding, uh, line breeding, all that kind of stuff. And man, the, again, 
I say, I say the intentionality, that's, that's the best word that comes to mind. They're not just taking dog X and breeding with dog A and saying, oh, I think it's going to be fine. Let's just do it. It'll sell puppies. No, they are, they are putting so much time and so much effort into choosing these breedings of dogs and they have, they have goals of what they're trying to achieve. And, uh, it's just a fascinating, fascinating family, uh, fascinating kennel of, of what they're doing there at Trinity Breton. So all that to say, if you're looking for a French Brittany, <laughs> I, I would point you guys there. I've pointed a lot of you guys, uh, to, uh, Trinity Bretons over the last couple of years. Um, so check them out. TrinityBretons.com. All right, guys, I think that's all of the ad stuff for right now. Um, the last thing I was going to say is the winner from the Patreon giveaway did get back to me. Finally, <laughs> he got back to me, uh, right after I released last week's episode, actually. So, uh, got back to me just in the nick of time uh, before I was going to redraw. Um, he did pick the Gunner fan kit 2.0. So that is off the table. The last prize up for grabs in October is going to be a cable gangs tieout system. And I'm going to sweeten the deal. Uh, whoever wins the cable gangs tile system i'm going to throw in an upland rookie hat so two prizes for the price of one <laughs> so get signed up on patreon.com become a patreon supporter today and um you uh yeah i'll announce the winner what uh, November 1st for the October giveaway. So get signed up today. You'll uh, get the cable gang system as well as an Upland rookie hat. I'll throw a couple stickers in and uh, we'll go from there. So I appreciate everyone who is a supporter on Patreon. Really, really appreciate uh, everyone, no matter what tier you're on. Uh, greatly, greatly appreciate your support uh, through that. So, all right, guys, we're going to dive right into the episode today with Preston McKelvey and David Torres. Uh, I was just working in the shop today. Uh, nothing fun for okay. me. Um, okay. but fishing tomorrow. So any, any oh, day not go. in the office is a good day. There you go. That's one thing I, I used to fish a lot when I was younger, but have not, uh, have not gotten into it, uh, since being out here in Colorado, which I should, but yeah, now, now here's the, this is the place to do it. Oh, exactly. I know people are like, you don't fish and you live in Colorado. I'm like, sorry, yeah, well, I have too much else to do. I'm kind of the same way. It's like, I, I fished a lot. I did a lot of bass fishing off of my yeah, same. tube when I was in California and it was awesome and you literally had to go to the San Diego river or just somewhere real close and just rip lips all day. But out here, the yeah. bass fishing ain't the best. Everybody goes trout no, fishing. Yeah. Everybody does a fly yeah, fishing. Fly. Yeah. Yep. I never got in. I know some of the, some about the fly rods that kind of intimidate me. I'm like, I don't know. Like it looks like it's a, you gotta like it's an, it's art, an form. art form. hundred percent. Yeah. Preston is it a guy, so he knows all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, dude. <laughs> and I mean, we were just talking, August is my least favorite month to fish because the water's low, it's hot, fish are well-educated. Mm. So as far as guiding goes, August gets tough, and we're in it now. Yeah. So I don't. I, I understand dude, where you're coming we, from. We, yeah. We need to do a whole separate uh, fishing up, upland <laughs> or uh, fishing fishing rookie, <laughs> fly fishing rookie, yeah. whole podcast on that. <laughs> That would be good. Oh, that'd be fun. Well, well, cool, guys. We're uh, we're gonna kind of jump in here, um, David. I'm gonna kind of pick on you for just a second. Um, you gotta tell me about your your dog names. You got Dolly, Chester, and Reba. <laughs> is there is there a theme here? Yeah, so there there definitely was. So Chester, I got him. He was my first dog, and it, it was you know his his name in black and white on his uh, you know on his certificate, I guess, is Wild Winchester. So after a Winchester shotgun, it's just, I just oh, thought it was okay. fitting for Chester, right? But then obviously Reba, I got her next, and yeah, I'm a huge Reba fan. So, and I'd never met another Reba dog, so I was like, I'm calling her Reba, you know? And then Dolly, she actually came in later on. Her name actually was Molly when I first took her in. 
but I wanted to make it my own thing and stick to that kind of, you know, stick to that kind of theme of, you know, country music artists that I had going with females. So, yeah. That's, yeah. that's good. That's where she came I've been dying. I've been dying to ask you that question ever since I've, I've been following yeah. you on Instagram. That's what it is. Yeah, everybody gets a kick out of it. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> Preston, do you have any, do you have any fun uh, dog name themes? Uh, I'm, I'm on the tree theme now. I got Willow and Oak. Um, oh, there you go. And that it wasn't intentional when I started, um, but I think I'm gonna keep going. I think my next two are gonna be Pinion and Cedar. And uh, oh, there you we'll, go. Wait, what's the Pinion? Yeah, like Pinion Pine. Oh, okay. And okay. then Cedar, uh, and then after that, we'll we'll figure it out from there. <laughs> yeah, gotta, gotta get get creative. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Well, that's awesome, guys. That's awesome. Well, let's rewind just a second. Um, why don't each of you just take take a minute, um, introduce yourself, tell us a, a little about who who you are. And put us on the map. Where are you talking to us from? Let's start with Preston. Uh, my name is Preston McKelvey. Uh, I grew up in western Colorado. I own an outfitting called Wild Willow Outfitters. Uh, I do guided fly fishing and bird hunting trips. And uh, we're based out of Aspen, but pretty much cover the whole state as far as the hunting thing goes. Um, lived in western Colorado all my life. Been guiding for, I think this is my 10th year guiding. Um, so that's me. Spend my life in the outdoors. That's awesome, man. I Lucky love man. it. I love it. David, how about you, sir? Uh, so I'm David Torres. I uh, grew up in Southern California and, uh, just kind of got the bug upland hunting. A buddy of mine, really good, one of my best friends, invited me to go dove hunting out in Yuma, Arizona years back. And I had a blast. I do, literally didn't even have a shotgun. Nothing. I grew up shooting, you know, revolvers, shooting rifles with my, with my dad, my family. And he said, hey, man, let's go do it. I think you'd have a good time. And, man, that, that's all it took. You know, that's all it mm-hmm. took. So, And, uh, sorry, real quick, how long How long ago was that? Man, maybe eight years ago. About eight okay. years ago. Yeah. And so it was my first time seeing a dog out there retrieving birds. And I was like, man, this is so cool to watch. And that guy showed up late had his dog dropped his dog shot birds for 15 minutes and left because his dog just got all the birds limited out and gone you know it was interesting to watch and honestly it was, it was very cool so that's what i think kind of started the bug for me that's awesome yeah. man that's awesome and where, where are you talking to us from so, you're, you're here in yeah, colorado too yeah i'm uh, down in parker parker colorado yeah kind of close to close to elizabeth kind of right around that area so yeah, yeah, love that area. And and right and right now you're roadside. <laughs> roadside right now. Yeah, had to pull over. My day went a little long at the office, so pulled over. And I just mean, it is good. It's good sound quality. So I mean, good. you got I was that going about for you. That, yeah. <laughs> good. <laughs> no, no echoes. You know, nice sound dampening yeah. and all that good stuff. Yeah, cool. Well, how did that? We're gonna get a lot into a lot more of of your own personal stories, um, hunting, guiding, all that kind of good stuff. Um, but how did, how did you two meet? This might kind of lead into some more stuff, but like, how did you two get connected? And I know there's more, I talk a little, David or someone talk a little bit about no fly zone as, as that's kind of going to be a theme in the next couple episodes. Um, we're going to be chatting with a couple members of team no fly zone. Um, so why don't you talk about how you guys met and a little bit about, uh, no fly zone. Yeah. So Preston and I, man, did we, did I, was it that I got, I, don't, I can't remember because I used to guide a lot at an outfitter up north, and I can't remember if it was Preston that I took on a guide or not. But either way, 
he actually is a as a good friend with David Lovato, um, who I think you're going to interview in a few episodes from now. But uh, we ended up meeting through meeting through Dave. Uh, we did a snake avoidance clinic out at Fetching Feathers probably two years ago, and that's when I first met Preston. And super cool dude, huge some bitch. He's a tall dude, um, <laughs> so he leaves a lasting impression. Uh, and you know we're talking about grouse hunting you know it's like, oh man i got a place up here or whatever I never did get that call preston but it's all good i still love you we're still working. sounds like david's uh oda oda grouse spot maybe <laughs> no it's all good it's all good but uh, anyways yeah so that's kind of where we met and you know that's kind of how we kept in touch uh and then when we started trialing uh, you know he has a flusher i have a flusher we're the only guys that run flushers on this I'm going to fly his own team. So he said, Hey, why don't we just do it? You know? So kind of went down that road and ended up being pretty successful with him on it. So, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of our story. Uh, but then with no fly zone. Yeah. So this was started a few years back uh, with David, his son, his brother, um, man, this was probably four years ago, maybe three, four years ago now, if not longer, five years ago. And, uh, just trialing, you know, there was, uh, there was, uh, a big competition that, you know, they were going to nationals for, and, you know, there's a team Colorado that was there and I'm like, hey, can we, you know, we're from Colorado and they're like, nah, you know, we're good, you know? So I'm like, okay. So then they kind of made up their own thing and started no fly zone and it started off just two or three people and eventually flourished into kind of what it is now. So, um, it's really just a, a, a a good group of friends that gets together. We all trial together. We train heavily, uh, very passionate about gun dogs. It used to be very breed specific, just GSPs, but obviously now we're kind of letting anyone in who's willing to, to put in the work. Right. Um, yeah. so it's, it's a I mean, lot. You let, the, you let the two flushing, let the two flushing guys. Right. In, so yeah. I mean. I mean, that says something we're expanding our horizons a little bit, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's really what it is. And we're a very competitive trialing team. Um, we compete yeah. in a couple different, couple different arenas and you know the guys have done really well and you know it's just a testament to kind of how we've been doing our stuff we've been we train a lot and almost every weekend we either training dogs or we're out shooting you know shoot clays and dialing in our shot uh it's one thing that was always told us is you know when you're when you're out there hunting your dog's gonna do his work and it comes down to you to knock those birds down so uh, yeah, definitely so true definitely a lot part of it so so in so in summary, I guess so. No, so no fly zone is a group group of guys about six or seven of you, right? Yeah, we're up to probably nine, ten now. Oh yeah. wow, okay, so a little more <laughs> of you. So I guess primarily, is it a, a group that you trial together? Is it kind of the yeah trial the, and how it originated? Yeah, trial and and do a lot of hunting, a lot of wild bird hunting together. Yeah. I mean, what's what's better than that? I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, it's it's hard. It's hard to beat because. When you're out there hunting, and I think Preston was his first time this last year going out with all of us, and we're out wild bird hunting, and we have 15 dogs out in front of us. And it, you know, there's a lot going on, and it's great to see them all work together. When one dog gets on point, they all honor. They're all steady. They all, I mean, it's it's a great, great thing to see. So definitely fun to be a part of. It is an impressive deal. I've always hunted either by myself or one other guy and his dogs. I've never been a part of that big line pushing through the prairie, and it's fun to see 15 dogs all running around working. That's cool. That's got to be something fun to see. I've, yeah, I've never done the big, the big old line hunt. I've done like maybe max four, uh-huh. 
Uh, maybe five, you know, the five, fifth person's a blocker. But, um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be something unique to see and, and experience we'll for sure. i have to get you out, Will. It's a good time. Absolutely. I know you have some pretty Absolutely. decent dogs, right? Yeah, 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 they're all right. Yeah, uh, they're right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the day I brag on them is the day they, they just give me the middle finger. <laughs> Always, right? You, you know how it goes. Yeah, you know yeah. how it goes. No, no, we don't. Um, <laughs> no, no. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I got I got the two flusher guys on here. Um, again, I don't have a ton of, of, of guys and girls who run flushers. Um, so what what led each of you, I guess, let's start with Preston, maybe. like What led you to the flushing breed? And, and do you have pointing breeds as well? I do. So I have a German short hair willow uh she just turned five and i would go when i got my first dog i wanted a versatile dog that could kind of do everything retrieve jump in the water point and willow just wasn't that dog she hates the water and her retrieve is something that i have to stay on her about um so having the outfitting company we also do guided waterfowl hunts and i was like well i'm gonna get me a duck dog and then i can have one of each the whole flushing thing kind of became, it was an accident. I didn't intend for her mm. to be a flusher, but uh, kind of got peer pressured into it. And she, <laughs> turns out she's, she's pretty she's pretty dang good at it. And so, and, and sorry, you might have mentioned, what's the breed of the flusher? Oh, uh, she's a lab. Lab, okay. And that's oak. Classic, classic lab. That's awesome. And then David, kind of same question for you. Uh, so you got the GSP Chester first, yep. right? And then what led you to say, hey, let's go totally different and go with a flusher yeah so i had chester and reba before i got dolly and just watching pointers and flushers work the field together just seeing it do done the right way was enough for me to be like man i I could see myself having a flusher you know in my on my string soon and sure enough Mm -hmm. the opportunity came upon you know I, i actually wasn't even looking actively looking for a flusher um and you know when anthony with fetching feathers reached out to me and said hey look there's this this uh, family that's looking to rehome a springer seven month old field bred out of texas a really good line on her i said you know what let's do it and we ended up working it out yeah ended up working it out and man she literally was a firecracker from day one as soon as i got her and did some bird intro on her she just it just the 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 flip switched the switch flipped and that was all it took, and she just yeah. nose to the ground, 100% just falls out, and I love it. And watching her, watching my dogs go on point, she notices it. She goes and, and flushes them. Oh, it's, it's an awesome thing to watch. So that's kind of what did it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. My Again, I, I have no experience with flushers. I've hunted behind one flusher my whole life way back in Illinois. Is, is it just a lot of work to kind of compartmentalize, okay, you're training a pointing breed dog, and then you have a flushing breed dog independently, and then training them together? Like, is it just a ton of extra work? For me, the separately, not a big deal. You're training, you're going to be training a dog no. any way you cut it. Uh, so independently, not, not a huge uh, workload. It's the teamwork that I think takes a lot of work. Um, my, my short hair is rock steady on point, but I send in that flusher and they get, get a little competitive. And so we're working heavily on working as a team right now. And I think that's what takes the most work. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. You know, it's, you know, when you, my dogs were already, you know, four years old when I got Dolly. So they were already super steady and they'd never worked with a flusher and Reba struggled with it a little more than Chester did, but 
they eventually figured out their roles and the whole thing and they just kind of expect it to happen now um yeah but just making sure they're steady before you send that dog in there is is huge because yeah. they could they could definitely you know regress and go backwards and try to go up there and flush that dog too like he, like Preston saying it's sure. very competitive out there and when they see this little white dog that looks half their size running in there getting that bird they've been pointing for two three minutes they're going to be yeah. kind of pissed about it but yeah, you know sure. it definitely takes training um you know it definitely takes a lot of consistent training to get that to get that result yeah. Well, you guys, um, again, most of these questions, either of you can answer both of you. I don't, I don't care. Um, when you're, it comes, it comes to hunting, let's just say you're upland bird hunting. Are, are there certain situations you were just going to pick your flusher or are you pretty much always going to run all of them together? Uh, for me last season, I ran them independently. My lab was under a year at the beginning of last hunting season and we just weren't ready to work as a team. Uh, I think this year we're going to do every hunt together except maybe ptarmigan. Uh, you're getting up to about 13,000 feet, and there's a lot of cliffs, and I've all, always been concerned about a dog chasing a bird over a cliff. So my flusher might sit home on a ptarmigan hunt this year. But other than that, we're going to okay. be rolling three deep. Okay. That'll, that'll be nice. Yeah. That'll be nice. You got you guys were out doing uh, doing some training this past weekend. Is that right? Out at uh, Fetching yeah. Feathers, you guys were kind of, it looks like you were simulating, I mean, some, it looks like a field trial, or, or talk about what you guys yeah, were doing. Yeah, so when we go out there, we like to simulate field trial scenarios, and also throw in some wild bird stuff. Uh, so, you know, we obviously go out, we plant our birds, um, you know, whether it's a four bird plant or a three bird plant. Uh, we didn't have shooter birds this weekend, so we're mostly working on, you know, just making sure they're steady, flush, and then release on the shot. Uh, a lot of our dogs are, are steady to shot, but during the field trial season, you just want that dog to get after that bird and bring it back to you as quick as possible uh, in the field trials that we that we compete in. So we're not too worried about steady to shot, uh, but steady to flush, obviously, you need to be. So during the summertime, we like to bring them back to that because come wild bird season, we like to have them steady to shot um, at the beginning because you know, when you're out there shooting cubbies and, you know, you want to make sure they're releasing on the bird that gets shot, not so much just the first first bird that gets up and they're chasing a bird that's not being shot and they're 300 yards the opposite way. So, um, but so, yeah, so we do simulate some of that as well. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's mostly geared towards field trialing right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's awesome. That's awesome. So did, did both of you do trials this past season? And if so, how did they, how'd they go for you? Go ahead, Preston. Uh, yeah, we both competed. Uh, I competed in NAGDA, North American Gun Dog Association. Uh, okay. I did amateur pointing. I started out in puppy with my flusher and then moved to amateur flushing. And then David and I did doubles with our flushers. Uh, and there was uh, some, some highs and lows throughout that. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, we, well, tell, tell us about those. What, what were some of your highs and lows, um, there, Preston? My definite high was we took first in our doubles run, and I took first with my flusher. I think that was the first weekend in January. And then we both made it to nationals, uh, made it to the final round with my flusher. Uh was real confident going into the last day and uh, just missed two shots, and that, that ended mm -hmm. up in uh, fifth place for me. But, and that was a hard pill to swallow. Uh, I think we were both equally frustrated in that situation. 
David sure. had a similar story. Um, <laughs> but, you know, after a couple of weeks, I was I was grateful that my dog performed. I'd rather be my mistake than my dog's mistake. Uh, yeah, and it, it always kind of feels better that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's still cool that she took fifth in Nationals as a one-year-old. Uh, and she's got yeah. her whole career ahead of her. So we'll be back next That's year. Fantastic. So looking forward to that. And can you repeat that? What was uh, What's it called again, the, the trial series? That uh, it's called NAGDA, North American Gun Dog Association. So N-A-G-D-A. Okay. I was writing that down. Um, I've, I've seen some some things with that before i never kind of knew what it stood for yeah so that's good that's good um and then david same question for you kind of like what what were some of the highs or lows of your trial season last year um and then a follow-up to that uh, well first off go ahead with that so yeah I, i'd say again yeah i think what Preston was talking about is that doubles run with two pups that were under a year old went out there and just had a killer run i think we scored like a 298 or a 296 or something which was pretty good it was obviously enough to to get us first place um which was super cool because everyone sees these young dogs are like oh they're just going out there for fun but these dogs went out there and killed it and it was great i even recorded the whole thing i sent it to preston and i'm like dude this is so cool i still watch it like to this day i watch it too (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm gonna ride that one out a little bit um but yeah and then just seeing dolly progress right so even her singles runs you know she started off you know, we didn't have our first run. wasn't the best. Uh, just her and I. She's still figuring stuff out. She was eight months old at the time, I think. But then, within you know, two trials, she had already placed, uh, qualified for nationals, and then uh, obviously the other dogs, they they all qualified for nationals as well. And then, like Preston said, yeah. So going to nationals, you know, we were super. We were looking really good coming in, as we call it, kind of Super Bowl Sunday is the final day and it's the top five of each division and i went in there in first place and came out of there in fifth (laughs) because of Mm. you know because of yeah so it's kind of kind of a tough pill to swallow like you said and yeah it's a bummer but at the same time like i even put a post about it it's like at the end of the day these dogs are doing what they love to do uh it's about them really you know them out there just having a blast and yeah, if you end up placing, you end up, you know, killing it, that's great. Uh, but at the end of the day, those dogs don't care about placing. They don't care about any of that stuff. They just want to go out there and hunt. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you know, it's 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 better to look at it a week later, I think. <laughs> because day of, <laughs> yeah, you're like, that's good God. advice. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. That's good advice. Yeah. Walk um walk me through what what does one of these trials look like? So I, I've I've talked quite a bit on this podcast about Nashra trials and AKC trials. Mm-hmm. Um this is this is new to me. Um why would you walk us through like what does a typical trial look like? Uh maybe some of the basic rules, outline, what what would someone expect? Okay. So uh again, there's different uh different divisions. There's puppy, amateur pointing, uh open pointing and then amateur flushing and then there's senior divisions there's doubles all kinds of fun stuff um but i guess high level you have 20 minutes you have i want to say a 30 acre 20 to 30 acre field um and they plant four birds so you have 20 minutes to find four birds um and it's not so much a judge it's actually scoring so you know in, in the point division dog releases boom gets on point they make us you know they jot down when that first bird was pointed 
the dog has to stay steady steady to, to flush you get up there flush the bird you shoot it every shot you take is a deduction so you're only going to go out there with eight shells um and that dog you get that dog to get that bird retrieve it to hand if it's a partial retrieve you get five points if it's a full retrieve you get 10 points on top of you know all the other points you accumulate by finding the bird bagging the bird um, and you do that for four different birds the quickest one usually you get bonus points for every unminute for every unused minute you get i think it's two points for every unused minute so um that's really it and that's not so much a judge it's actual scoring to the point yeah this is a bird black and yeah. white here's my score yeah, it's and not anyone like oh that dog's hunt better than that dog or like no it's like this is the dog getting it done you know yeah, um, yeah. and flushing is flushing is very similar but if they end up catching the bird they don't get deducted for it it's a they just got to bring it to hand and then you move on right so it's a pretty good um pretty good deal it's super fun super competitive but man such yeah. a great group of people out there yeah, yeah. um we, uh the one question i had was are you going out in a, in a brace or just a single dog single dogs yeah so there's a single, single dog, dog runs okay. when you do a doubles run then you have two dogs out there but they're on the same team they're not they're not bracing they're not hunting against each other like master okay. is right so it's not a do- double yeah okay so they're out there hunting as a okay. team the two hunters are hunting as a team and there it's a six bird plant and you have i think 15 minutes but it's a bigger field i want to say it's typically 30 or so acres um so yeah and you have to stay a certain distance within each other i think 50 yards is the max you can split up so you can't just have two guys going in opposite directions with their dogs like it's you have to there has to be some it's kind of theoretical how you kind of go around it some some coordination with yeah so there's definitely some planning needed right preston Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I, I, is there who leads who leads a strategy meeting before? Uh, I lean on David a lot. This is my first year doing any kind of dog competition, um, and I leaned on David not only for our doubles run, but in my single runs as well. Uh, he's got a lot lot of experience in this game. I was like, all right, which which direction do I head? He would give me the game plan to lay out a, a path for me. Nah, this way. This way. Yeah. Um, no, but he, he uh, I contribute a lot of my success to to both the Davids, uh, Torres and Lovato, uh, in my, my this past trial season. That's cool, uh, Preston. If I were to ask you why trials, like why did you choose to you know enter your dogs, run your dogs in some trials this past year? Like what what was that tipping point for you that that got you into it? I didn't choose to. I got peer pressured into it. Uh, <laughs> David, did you have something to do with this? Oh, no, it was, it was uh, David Lovato, and he invited me out. They, all these guys go out to Kansas for the pheasant opener. He invited me out. Uh, I think at the time, my lab hadn't really done any upwind stuff. Uh, so she kind of was just mostly following me through the field. My short hair hunted. Um but that was her first kind of upwind experience. He's like, well, there's this trial out here next weekend. Like you should come out. And I was like, I don't know. You know, I was kind of doubting my ability and my dog's ability. And so I think about it for a little while. I call him up. I'm like, all right, I, I want to come out and I want to watch this one. That way I kind of have an idea of what I'm getting myself sure. into. He's like, well, if you're coming, you might as well put your puppy in it. And he's like, there's only going to be a couple puppies uh you're not going to be competing against the big guy so that'll be a nice way to get your feet wet all right i'll put my puppy in it well if you're coming all this way you might as well put both dogs in 
Uh, so, it only makes sense. So, it only makes sense. So I went out. <clears throat> I had a blast. Um, the first one was definitely a learning experience, but I was hooked. Uh, and then I believe the next one we went to uh, was David Torres and I first double run. And we won that one. And I also won Puppy uh, that weekend. And that's when everybody's like, all right, you're done with Puppy. You're moving up. Uh, and, and I'm hooked <laughs> You're up. like, oh, okay. Yeah. So then finally, as you we just talked about, made it to nationals, and and that's when I got the bug. I was like, all right, we're this is a a commitment, and uh, going to be part of our hunting career going forward. That's super fun. Uh, and super I think fun. it's uh it's also great because it extends past hunting season, so keeps your dogs on birds, kind of scratches that hunting itch a little bit, uh, just keeps everybody, you know, in shape if you will. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, like David said earlier, it's just, you know, whether you get a placement or not, like, like to spend time with your dog doing something they have been bred to do, like, like it doesn't get better than that period. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if you get a placement or not. Like, um, David, so you've been running these for a couple of years, right? Yeah. A few years now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Have, have you seen, have you seen many new people, uh, jump into this, this trial game that you're doing? You or know, has it been? No, kind of same, no, you know, I, I have, I have quite a bit. Uh, and it's good to see, you know, and there's a lot of younger people and a lot of older people too, and different breeds. We've got anything from Munsterlanders out there. We see a lot of Britneys now showing up. Um, it used to be heavily just English pointers, pointers and uh, GSPs, but yeah, we're seeing setters out there. We're seeing all kinds of guys, you know, new people showing up and wanting to learn. You know, we do a, a lot of trialing with Colorado Gun Dog Association as well. And they have a really good intro program to anyone. You know, hey, your first time come out, you just come on out. You know what I mean? You get a three-bird plant out on the novice field and get out, get your dog on bird, see if you like this, talk to people. Um, and it's really introduced a lot of new people to the sport. And, they, you know, a lot of people are competitive and they love it. And just seeing their dog out there running, doing what it's supposed to do and, you know, if they don't do well, it's all good. You know, you come back, we talk about it. Say, hey, maybe do this, maybe do that. It's very, um, very helpful. Everyone's very helpful, and it makes it easy for new people to show up and want to show up again, right? So, um, that's really so it's good. cool. That's, yeah, yeah, that, that's that's good to hear. Again, the people, the people can make it or break it. Hundred really. percent. You yep. know, if you have a inviting culture that says, hey, yeah, like you said, don't worry about it, like try this in your next run or yep. like that's that's what makes i think new people especially like okay that wasn't it might have been intimidating going into it but when they meet people like you and preston it's like all right like this is this is a good group of people this is it's competitive but it's still uh, there's like a friendly aspect to it i think that's very appealing yeah i mean at the end of the day we want everyone to succeed in it you know you don't want anyone to go out there and be like man i just wasted all my time and i had a horrible time and my dog you know didn't do as well like, I see, I see people struggle with that sometimes, but it's like, no, I'm going to dial it back. You know what I mean? Like there's so much positive to this. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's back it up a little bit further for each of you. Uh, let's go back to Preston here. Well, tell us a little bit about like, like how or why did you get into the outdoors? You know, I know you're a fishing guide hunting, like what was that start for you, uh, into the outdoors upland hunting? Uh, so going back to a real little kid, um it was mostly like all my friends hunted growing up uh, i was raised by a single mom so guns and hunting wasn't really part of our household uh but a lot of my close friends hunted so that's kind of how i got into big game as a little kid um I mean, everybody's dad was super helpful taught me to shoot guns took me out hunting 
uh, grow. It took me a while to get the fly fishing bug. Uh, that came more in my adult life. Didn't really have the patience to sit down and learn it necessarily. Um, then I started working for another outfitter in town. Uh, and they were big into bird dogs. Uh, so I'd go on a lot of hunts just as like a bird boy or an extra set of hands for gun, gun safety. Uh, and that's really where I got the bug for bird dog, bird hunting and shotgun shooting. Um, then I got my, uh, my German short hair and it was off to the races from there. Uh, and we just fast. Yeah. And I've made a lot of mistakes with her. You know, I tried to hurry through the process. And, uh, I just wanted, just wanted a gun dog, just wanted to go hunting and probably skipped over a few steps that now you mm-hmm. can see, uh, sure. see where those weaknesses are. Uh, but it was a good learning experience. And with my second dog now, uh, I slowed it down a little bit, was a little more thoughtful in the process. And, uh, I think, uh, I'm going to have a lot more success that way. I, I always feel bad for those first dogs for, for new, I mean, my, my gauge, he's my oldest, my first bird dog. I always feel bad for those first dogs. Now I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> all the, all the things I thought I knew. And <laughs> oh, it's very second true. dogs, they, yep. they, they usually turn out a little better because we're just, we know a little more. <laughs> um, Preston real quick. What led you to uh, GSP? Uh, <clears throat> the outfitter I was working for, they had GSPs. Uh, and the founder of that business was a longtime family friend, um, and kind of mentored me getting into gun dogs. And he had a German short hair, and you know, not knowing a lot about gun dogs, I was like, I want German short hair too. Um, and then so he he kind of ignited a little bit of the interest in it, and then the got introduced to a guy who middleman the deal uh, with the breeder. And he was a big gun dog guy and he had a lot of short hairs and he kind of mentored me through those early, early steps training her. Um, nice. But I just like the look. Um, I kind of like their, their stealthiness, the way they move, uh, and not having to brush them out, and, you know, comb out all the birds is always so nice. a plus too. So nice. <laughs> yes, that's very nice. jealous of that. Yeah. David, how about you, man? Where where this where this bug really, I guess, take over? I know you say you a quail hunt, right? Yeah. So did you do any any hunting as a kid or? So no, like? as a kid, I did a lot of target shooting with my dad. Uh, we used to go up, so we lived in, in Southern California. We go up to Big Bear and go do some target shooting up there. Um, mostly BB guns, pellet guns, and every now and then he'd break out his thirty thirty or his thirty eight, uh, nine millimeter. You know, just out there just plinking stuff you know it was super fun uh, but no it was when i it wasn't until i was probably 29 ish 30 ish when my buddy invited me out to go over that dove hunt and i did and man it just i fell in love with it it was just the the, the rush of the but i mean this was in yuma arizona i don't know if you guys ever hunt in arizona but man it's no, not yet. it's nuts. I mean, we limit out within a half an hour every year because there's just so many so many dove out there, uh, and it's fun. But it's it's good because it, you're done by before it gets too hot. You know, by by eight o'clock it's you know 95 degrees, so it's still bearable. Um, but yeah, it gets sure. hot quick up there. But so did that, and then you know my same buddy was like, hey, let's go quail hunting. So we didn't have dogs. Um, so we would go out and call and call them in 
um, using, you know, read calls um, and just seeing him do that for the first time, seeing them call him in. They, I mean, he brought, he brought a Covey into within 10 yards of us. And we finally walk up, they flush, boom, and it was a good size. It was probably a 40-bird Covey. And just that rush, that sound, that just mm. the whole thing, man, that's that's what did it 100%. Mm. So then, I, you know, the dog thing was in the back of my head. And, yeah, so I was like, <laughs> I'm going to start getting dogs here. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the yeah. natural next step. So yeah. well, <laughs> you were just following along. So, so David, for you, you know, being, what, you said eight years into mm-hmm. this now about? About that, yeah. So, so. So, yeah, so let's just say eight years. So being eight years into this uh, upland hunting, bird dogs, like what, I guess, what's, what keeps you going? Is it still that, the excitement of the flush and the, oh, and the, the covey finds? Yeah, 100%. What, what keeps you going? It's It's got to be, honestly, the dogs at this point. Um, oh. I, I used to do some big game hunting. I used to go turkey hunting and all that fun stuff. But it, it doesn't compare to, compare to, to hunt behind a dog uh, or a group of dogs. And I think that's what it is. It's just seeing the dogs work. If you can go out there and not shoot a dang shell at all or have a layup get in front of you, you just whiff it. But, yeah, it sucks when that happens. But at the same time, just watching the dogs work is, is really what does it for me. And when we guide, a lot of the guys are like, I just came out here to, to walk behind and watch these dogs work. You know, and it's funny how therapeutic it could be. And you don't even realize it. You know, just watching the dogs all work together. I think that's what does it for me, 100. percent You know, and yeah, the Covey flush, I love it. You know, I mean, that's a hard, hard thing <laughs> to be. They'll never get yeah, old. You know, or you get a rooster that gets up cackling away. It's like, ah, oh, that's so fun. But it's got to be the dogs for me, 100. Yeah, you know? and that's kind of the cool part. As as you may you might be able to relate with this, but the further we're into this, I think we can appreciate the dog work more than. Mm-hmm bagging the bird yeah. at least for me I, I if I, if there's at least good dog work for my dogs i'm like success i'm like the call to the call to the wife home on the way home my voice i'm like hey i like, had a great time she's like well how many bags you know, how many birds do you you take i'm like well none but exactly. <laughs> dogs did oh awesome my God. that's a good that's a good day I think we've made that call a handful of times to our wives <laughs> where it's like man we had a great time oh how many birds none but man you should have seen what happened with these two dogs on that day. wait 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 what None? Yeah. Aren't you bummed? Like, no, it was awesome. Yeah. But you just drove four and a half with, hours and you come back with nothing. Yep, yep. I came back with memories. I'll do it again. <laughs> I'll do it again tomorrow. 100%. But then, but then there's those calls that, you know, I missed a bird or yeah. whatever. And she knows. She's like, oh, you had a bad day, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it was a little rough. But then she knows enough to be like, but how do the dogs do? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. No, the dogs yeah. are great. Yeah. <laughs> turning point. Yeah. Turning point. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so fun. Well, all right. So, Wild Birds, we are so close to uh, season opening here. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to right now? Uh, my favorite bird to hunt is ptarmigan. Uh, really? It's kind of, like I said, you got to get up to about 13,000 feet. It's next level adventure. I mean, planes are flying by eye level with you. Uh, and it's hard It's hard on the dogs. It's hard on you. And you're sucking wind the whole time. Uh but they're definitely my favorite bird to hunt, my favorite bird to eat. Um, really, even to eat as yeah, well. Yeah, and then my next wow. favorite is uh, blue grouse, which starts September first. It's just kind of home court okay. advantage, you know. I can go out my back door and hunt them, uh, so that's that's a close second for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, so tell me about uh, ptarmigan. What are what I guess uh, meat wise, like what are they comparable to? Um, I would say probably 
closest to a dove. Oh, really? Uh, kind of a real light meat. Uh, flavor's great. Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. Um, I would. Yeah. They, they look most similar to a grouse as far as like body style sure. and size and everything. Um, yeah. But definitely tastes better than a grouse, in my opinion. <laughs> Dude, you are you are you're not the not the norm. Not everyone can uh can say they they hunt ptarmigan and uh enjoy it that much without <laughs> Yeah. Cuz that that's an adventure for like you said, you're sucking wind, man. I mean, I live here at what what we're at, David, 5500 feet or something yeah, about like that. that yeah. I I go up to 7000, I'm dying. <laughs> well, my house is at 75, so it's not it's oh, not so as big a jump, but you still feel it up there. Oh, absolutely. Are you bringing those little cans of uh, the oxygen? Uh, I never have, but that's not a terrible idea. You don't? No. Oh, wow. I'm not that fancy. That's a machine. <laughs> <laughs> I'd bring that just for a safety backup. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I look forward to the most. And and uh, you'll either, it's a needle in a haystack. You'll either kill a limit or you yeah. won't see any. Uh, once you get on them, mm-hmm. they're pretty easy to kill. But find them is the hard yeah. part. And uh, they're kind of yeah. gray in the summer, and they're white in the winter. So during hunting season, they're kind of this marbly color, and they blend in. Yeah. Without a dog, I mean, you'll walk right past them. Hmm. That's fun, man. Uh, real quick on blue grouse, you said you hunted them quite a bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked with Andy Wayman actually a few weeks ago about, um, about blue grouse. So talk about Colorado blue grouse, because he hunts them mainly in Idaho, Colorado blue grouse. Are you finding them in the in the trees and the thick stuff? Are you finding them in sage at all? I I Is don't there... personally find them in sage. Uh, it's kind of an elevation thing. So every year they're kind of at a different different elevation band. Uh, okay. And where we are, by the time you get into sage, I think you're just too low. It's too hot. Um, so okay. early season, aspen groves, uh, rosebuds. Uh, and then they'll start transitioning to the pines. If you can find, you know, dotted aspen trees through the pines, that'd be good. Like okay. later, you know, later in September. And then they're in the pines, you know, the rest of the year. Uh, okay. And I've always struggled finding them once the snow falls. Some guys can stay on them mm-hmm. off season, but come end of October, November, I start really mm-hmm. struggling trying to get on them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And the reason I asked that, so I was, I was doing a scouting trip uh, a while back and I found them in the sage actually. I mean, uh, several hundred yards away from any like trees or anything. And, and I know there were blue grouse, they, they weren't sage grouse. Um, but again, that was summer. So I'm imagining if I were go- to go back to that similar spot, they're going to be higher up in the trees. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're kind of deceiving, you know, I'll, I'll see them all spring and summer and be like, Oh, it's going to be a great year. And I'll go back to there and yeah. they've moved on. <laughs> gone um but yeah i'd say and then you know some years they'll be at eight thousand feet some years they'll be at ten thousand feet Hmm. um and it's just kind of you got to find that right right zone to get in uh and it changes every year and i think that's water level or you know moisture um which plays a part in berries and grasshoppers and everything else they eat so sure yeah, very cool. David, how about you, man? What are you uh, What are you looking forward to this season? It's coming up. Man, you know what? Uh, last year was my first year going out on, like, an almost week-long Sharpie hunting trip. And, man, that was such a good time. Um, it was around the first weekend of the season, so I think it was September 3rd or 2nd to 3rd, 4th, something like that. And, man, it was such a good time. Uh, and it was my first hunt with Dolly on Wild Birds. 
so she was still figuring out her range. She's a flusher, but man, she was flying around like a crazy pointer because she was seven months old at the time. Um, but man, we, once I got her reeled in and, um, she worked real well with the dogs and just letting the dogs run big and watching them get out there on point 300, 400 yards out and holding steady till you get up there. And then you whip the shot, man, my shot was so bad last year. Uh, but, but you can smile about yeah, it. You can smile. No, about it I can, but man, I was like, God, these are layup birds and they're just getting past me. I don't know what it was, but uh, that's what I'm looking forward to, getting out, getting up into Sharpie country and just walking, rolling hills at 8,000 feet and watching my dogs run big. Um, yeah. yeah. that's Was that your was that your ever first Sharpie yeah. hunt, or have you hunted Sharpies yeah, before? Yeah, no, that was my first Sharpie hunt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I was able to go up there with Anthony and David and a few other really good guys, and man, they got us on really good really good areas and it was a blast and being out there with them i mean a lot of it too is comes down to who you go out there with and share the experiences with so yeah it was a great time totally yeah but i'd say that for sure yeah that's awesome do you you guys each do you guys do any any out-of-state hunting or you primarily stay in uh in colorado here yeah i go you know we do a lot of we go to nebraska we go to kansas spend a lot of time out kansas um Hmm. do a lot of hunting out there with a guide that he always gets us on really good stuff. Um, very good family. He's got a couple kids that are just crack shots and they handle their own dogs <laughs> and they just humble us like crazy out there. Um, but That's it's a cool. good time. Um, so we do a lot of Kansas. Uh, I'll go out to Arizona every year for, you know, the Yuma, the, the dove opener is just a fun get together with family and friends. It's like a yearly thing. We just go out there, shoot mm. birds for a day or two. And then I fly home. Um, I don't bring the dogs because it's so dang hot and so quick that I yeah. just don't even worry about it. But um, when when is their dove opener? September one. Yeah, so I'll go oh, out there the day before. One. We'll scout, check out our usual spots if there's good flight paths, and yeah. we'll come back there and and hunt them the next morning, shoot them down the next morning. Uh, but yeah, and then we'll go. Man, we have a Montana hunt coming up uh, in the end of September, which we're looking forward to. It's gonna be a big team hunt, so. It'll be a good time. But, yeah, we kind of go kind of all Midwest. I'd like to get up to Idaho and Montana. Um, we did some hunting in Wyoming last year, too. So it's a good time. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Sounds like a good uh, good season coming up for both yeah. of you. Um, I had a follow-up question for that, but it is completely just left the, <laughs> no, <I'm good. laughs> left the frame. It was a good one, too. It was a good one. Um, but... Something about Kansas? No, was it Kansas? Oh, Dove! I know it was Dove. Uh-huh. Um, I've never hunted Dove, actually. Yeah? To this day, I've never hunted Dove, um, and it sounds like a blast. Oh, but it just is. Not, something I've, I have not, not made time for and, you know, prioritized at all, but... Yeah. Um, Preston, have you have you ever got out for, for a little Dove hunt? Uh, a little bit. Um, there's a... Uh, I gotta travel a little bit to get into, you know, some, some morning Doves, so I'm looking at, a like, a two-hour drive. And then public lands, you know, it's not great. Sure. Um, you know, it's not like sure. going out get out on the plains or anything. Uh, but they, they are fun. They'll make you a good shot. Of, mm. You know, you got to be quick on your toes for some those. Totally. I, I don't feel bad for you, though, because you're only, what, like an hour away from Ptarmigan? Uh, <laughs> or less? Yeah, less than that. I mean, probably like 30 miles, but probably takes, takes an hour to get up there. Just, you know. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh. 
that's fun. That's fun. Well, guys, as we uh, we kind of we'll start, start turning the corner, start to wrap this thing up a little bit. Um, one of the things I like to ask every guest is uh, talking to the rookie upland hunter out there, um, someone who maybe is this year, even they're they're just getting into it. Uh, maybe they picked up their first bird dog recently. What is a piece of advice that you would share with them uh, going into their first season? Go ahead, Preston. Um, and put in the work, you know, and that's mm. across the board. Uh, if you're going to get a dog, you know, I think you owe it to the dog to, to do the best of your ability. Keep your dog on birds, put in the work, uh, try to do it right. We all make mistakes with our first dog. Um, but you know, do your research, find a mentor. Uh, that's a huge one, you know, um, getting into it blind without somebody to kind of show you the show you the way makes it a lot tougher so if you've got a good mentor and uh a good dog handler you can look up to um and, and whatever that takes to get in with him whether it's scooping poop or helping him run his dogs or you know you gotta you gotta pay it forward and and earn that that respect to have that knowledge passed down to you so um yeah i wouldn't my my advice would be don't be afraid of the work that's really good. One more follow-up question for you, Preston. Um, thinking back to last season, what was what was kind of a standout moment for you for last hunting season? I know we talked about trials a little bit. Um, but thinking about wild bird hunting, like what was what was a moment for you that just you know kind of stood out to you in your mind, and we'll we'll stay with you for a while. Uh, opening day of bluegrass season, uh, we went out into an area that generally it has birds, but isn't lights out kind of area. Uh, and it was opening day, a buddy of mine had a young dog, it was his first season, and we probably put up 30 bluegrass, which is the mm, most wow. birds I've ever seen in a day, and we shot a two-man wow. limit and made it home by breakfast, so uh, <laughs> that, that's my standout moment from last year, and my whole bluegrass career, because I don't see 30 birds wow. in a day. That's incredible. That's cool. That is incredible. That's awesome, man. David, for you, up uh, the the rookie question. What what piece of advice would you give to someone heading into their first season? Um, I'd say, I, I agree. Put in the work, but also don't be afraid to reach out. Uh, you know, reach out to people that either you follow. I know Instagram is a big way to follow people and get to know people. Don't be afraid to reach out. If you guys are in the same town, same you know, same state reach out to them, um, ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, don't be afraid to fail because it's going to happen. You know, I mean, even this past weekend we had stuff come up, right? And our dogs are pretty well rounded, but stuff happens, right? So I'd say keep expectations realistic, right? Just because you see another guy that has the same uh, a dog from the same litter is yours and that dog's out there steady to shot already at eight months old and your dog is not holding point don't hold it against them keep expectations realistic every dog is different um but ask questions reach out um offer to you know offer to help offer to you know being new to it you probably don't have sweet spots and a lot of guys are going to be hesitant to give you sweet spots so expect that you know what i mean honey holes you hardly ever get those from anybody um, yeah. but you're more likely to do it as you gain trust, as you ask questions, become one of the guys, you know, and just be yourself. Um, yeah. you know, a lot of guys, there's been times where we meet people and they're right away. It's like, no, nah, this guy's just looking for one thing. You know what I mean? Um, so don't be that guy. Be the guy that's going to yeah. 
going to ask questions and is going to be willing to be a sponge and take in whatever information, whether it's good or bad, um, and just always try to always try to be be better, be a better handler and a better hunter. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not easy to to get a dog to a point where it's going to be out there killing it the first season. You know, take your time with it. Take your time with it. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I that I could not have said that better. That is that's phenomenal advice for anyone, honestly. Expect real expectations, you know, whether it's been doing this five months or five years. I think that's that's a really good piece of advice right there. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, all right, rapid fire section here. Uh, I'm gonna ask you guys both uh, a couple questions and uh, we'll round this thing out. Just give me your off the cuff answer and we will uh, bring this thing home, cool. all right? Uh, let's go, Preston. For you, what came first, the dog, the gun, or the bird? Uh, that's kind of a two-part answer for me. Uh, I've always had a fascination working dogs. Um, you know, whether it's herding, search and rescue, whatever it may be, police dogs. So I've always had an interest in dogs. Uh, but the gun came first in in, in my timeline as far as what I, what okay. I was actively doing. Love it, love it, David. Same question for you. What came first, the dog, the gun, or the bird? Yeah, I definitely say I definitely say the gun. I mean, I was shooting a gun when I was probably four years old, shooting a little BB gun, a little Daisy, you know, <laughs> plinking little beer cans. So that was it. There you yep. go. And that made you an impeccable shot today. Still, I right? mean, crack shot, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, Preston, what gun are you carrying into the field and why? Uh, so I have an unorthodox answer for that. Uh, the shotguns Ooh. that I carry. I like. Wait, I like this. You're you're giving these like not direct <laughs> answers, but kind of like a different well, answer. I have, the, to, yeah. I have to preface it with that. Um, no one really knows what I'm talking about. Uh, so the guns I have, most of them are made by American Tactical. Um, I carry them because they're affordable. If they get dropped, dinged up, they're great for guiding for that same reason. Uh, but they're super okay. light. I think my 12 gauge is six pounds and my oh, 28, wow. which I use for mostly everything except for pheasant and waterfowl is like, I think it's like four and a half pounds. So Jeez. super light, super affordable. And that's why I like it. Yeah. yeah that's great, man. I, I haven't heard of that, uh, that brand before. That's cool. Uh, David, what gun are you carrying into the field and why? So CZ Upland Ultralight, um, it's just a shotgun that I'm not afraid to bang up. It's a shotgun that has never failed on me. I've had it for probably three, four years now. And, you know, I have Briley chokes on it and that thing shoots great. Um, I know they get, some people like to knock on them a lot, uh, but man. What, what gauge? What gauge? 12 gun? gauge, yep. 12 gauge, 28 okay. inch barrel, uh, over under. Okay. Yeah. And great is, gun. It, is this the, uh, is this the green OD green barrels? No, this one, this is the, just the black. It's like a flat black barrel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never met anyone that has had those, that green OD barrel in that. It's, it's a little interesting. I'd love to see what Yeah, my brother does. has that. He has that, but it's the, I forget which one it was that has the, uh, magnetic, um, uh, I forget what it is so that the shells don't come out oh, on it. it I yeah, yeah that's is. pretty cool. Yeah, but he's got the OD. It's an interesting color. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. I bet. I bet. Very cool. All right, uh, a few more here. Uh, well, let's, let's stick with David here. Uh, favorite breed of dog besides the ones you own? Dang. I'll tell you what. This past weekend, 
and I was saying this to the guys out there. I was like, man, that setter looks good. There's a setter, you know, we got a guy on the team that, man, their setter, his setter just beautiful dogs. Man. Something, yeah. something about them. Yeah. And then there was a French Brittany out there that was out there killing it too. It was like a one-on-one. -on -one okay, okay. Just killing it. And I'm like, yeah, well, those might be one of my next dogs right there. <laughs> yeah. Peak, peaks, peaks your interest. Oh, 100%. Like. Yeah. Preston, favorite breed besides the ones you I'm own? going wire hair Griffon. All right. You had that queued up. Yeah, I was ready. <laughs> David. Come on. Well, no, no. No. <laughs> You're good. That's the bearded all. wonder. The yeah. bearded wonder. And I think I've, I've really entertained the idea of that being my next dog. My only hesitation is them in the heat. Is like my only, the only reason I don't sure. have one now. So That's valid. That is valid. You just shave them down. I mean, it's not big deal. Yeah. Well, then they just look weird. <laughs> I just I shaved my shaved my Brittany this summer, and uh, oh man, I felt so bad for him. He looked he looked like a looked like a pointer, like a tailless pointer, basically. Yeah, really. And it, I just felt so bad. That's bad. <laughs> but it grew, it grew back now. It's all good. Um, all right, sticking with the dog. Uh, which one of you is more likely to get a puppy next? I don't know. You? We we've had we've had this conversation. <laughs> Uh, I'm waiting. I would, I would say it's kind of a toss-up, but he's already got three, and I'm down to two at the moment. So uh, I'll probably. So what's four, David? I'll probably yeah. be. I'll probably be the next one to get a puppy. Okay, more realistic. Yeah. And maybe we'll see you with that uh, that wire hair uh, Griffon. So. Yep. <laughs> Coming to a town near you. Date. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out, Colorado. Watch out. Uh, David, most clays you've ever hit in a row. No lying. Man, I am not a good clay shooter. I'll be the first to tell you. Um, I don't even know. Maybe seven, eight. I don't know. It's. I'm not. I'm okay. not a good that's shot. Decent. Yeah, I'm not a good shot with hey, clay. That's something. Yeah, that's something. Preston, I'm going either 22 or 23 on the ski range. Really? That's pretty good, man. Yeah, still having a lot better than a lot better than. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> Everybody's better than David. Ah, this guy. Get out of here. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Um, all right. Just, just two more. Two more here. Uh, we'll, we'll stick with Preston. Uh, fantasy hunt. Uh, this is kind of a new question I'm testing out. It's actually, you guys are actually the first ones I'm, I'm trying this on. Um, where at? What bird? With who? You can only bring one dog. Uh, I'm going northern Wisconsin, Woodcock Hunt. Uh, okay. Taking my short hair. Okay. And the person's toss-up. I'd bring one of the Davids. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, one of the well, – I mean, David, you made his top two list. Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> to be considered next to Lovato, I'll take it. <laughs> whoever answers the phone first. Yeah, better call me first. <laughs> David just gonna be David. He's just gonna be looking at his phone the whole, yeah, the whole next couple months. <laughs> uh, David, same thing for you. Uh, where, what bird, with who? Only bring one dog. Gosh, man, that's tough. Where, man, I love me some quail hunting. So I'd gotta go Arizona, Southern Arizona. Um, what bird? Obviously quail. I'll take any species of quail. They've got all kinds down there. They're okay. all beautiful. Uh, what dog? Gosh, that's tough. Um, I know, man. I knew you were going to struggle with this one. Probably Chester. Probably Chester. Okay. Yeah, he's he was my 
you know, he's a he's a leader right now for me, and he's man. Don't tell that to uh, Dolly. No, do that. I know, he's I know. <laughs> no, but no, I mean, he's just he's earned it. If there was one dog I could take, it'd be him. Uh, he he does. Yeah. He's doing it great. And then the one person, I kind of got to say Preston, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but yeah. Hey, there's no rules. No rules. <laughs> I'd say either Preston or, or Dave Lovato too. I mean, I learned a okay. lot. Ah, oh, two. Yeah. Two for David. Yeah, wow. He is a he is a stand up dude. Great guy, man. He's right. a wealth of knowledge. So definitely. That's yep. cool. Okay. All right. Last one, Preston. Beverage of choice after a hunt. Go on another unorthodox answer here. Oh gosh. <laughs> a brisk, brisk iced tea. Killing me brisk here. Brisk iced tea from the gas station. Oh Shut the God. front door. You're kidding Shut me. the. This is over. This is We're it. done. Canceling we are this. done. <laughs> Delete. Uh, that's my. That's my. Buy. First one, of course. First one of it. Who's ever said that? Favorite, favorite treat. You know, like even after a fishing trip, when it's hot out, that's like the most refreshing thing. I don't drink beer, so so. Uh, that's my. That's answer. brisk, baby. You know what? Just you're gonna you're owning it. It's it, brisk ice tea, man. I mean, it had its it had its run back in the day, but it's a little I don't know. He misses the commercials. <laughs> I can see it. Oh gosh. Okay, we're gonna move on. Um, <laughs> David, beverage of you know place. for me, just an ice cold Miller Lite. I mean, all day. Okay. Yeah, you can slam that anytime, and it just goes it's down. Miller good. time. Oh yeah. I haven't had Miller Lite in gosh, probably ten years. Really. Well, well yeah. when we go hunting. That's all we drink. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll bring some. Uh, I'll bring some cores just yeah. in case. There you them. go. Yeah. And maybe a brisk iced tea. Now we got to throw yeah. that one out. And, I mean, we got to have. I mean, at least a couple liters. There you go. <laughs> oh, God, I'll hunt with you any day. Oh gosh, it's this is like the the Cal Hardy interview all over. <laughs> oh my God, his, his sm- yep. smuckers. Uh, yeah. That kid, Golly. that's nuts. He loves them. I mean, he's not wrong though about those. I actually agree with him on that. So yeah, he definitely got me on those smuggers on the uh, on the Uncrustables after that. Yeah. Uh, it's a great. I mean, it's, it's perfect, man. It's like go to protein, like, sugar, all the pro, all the high oh, pro, the fats. Oh, it's so good. You got it, it's, it's the only downside is if you eat them a little too fast, they kind of get stuck right yeah. here. <laughs> so you got to kind of pace yourself a little uh-huh. bit. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I, I think this is a sign that uh, the podcast is over. <laughs> you brought up risk, Preston. That's all it is. <laughs> I, I mean, this Preston just just brought this down. But um, so, guys, thank you so much. This is uh, it's been a lot of fun getting to chat with you guys more, getting to know you both more. Um, I know we're going to be chatting with a few more members of the No Fly Zone team. So, thank you both for your time. Um, obviously, you guys have your own uh, Instagram page, right? Just No Fly Zone. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, okay. No Fly Zone HT is the uh, is the instagram for the team yep okay and then david i know you're on instagram yep, right yep so underscore torres david underscore uh is my instagram okay yep. now preston last question for you yes sir i have a feeling i just have a feeling you're not a social media guy i have no idea why i think that but are you on social I media am. yeah oh yeah. my gosh okay Fine. personally <laughs> and professionally uh okay good yeah yeah my uh personal instagram is preston.mckelvey and the business is wild underscore willow underscore outfitters fantastic okay cool guys well guys this has been a ton of fun thanks for uh spending your uh, your monday night with me and chatting bird dogs and hunting and trials and all that good stuff cool so, Will. thanks for it. having this us man. Is awesome. that. yeah thank you for having us absolutely guys you can take care all right night. see you thanks guys 
And that's a wrap of episode 63 with David Torres and Preston McKelvey. Uh, guys, thank you so much for jumping on here and sharing more about your passion and love for the Uplands, Bird Dogs, and uh, just sharing more of your personal journeys. Uh, don't forget, guys, we are going to be doing uh, a couple more episodes with the rest of the crew from Team No Fly Zone over the next month or two. So make sure you stay tuned for that to uh, get to know the rest of the gang uh, as, we, uh, as we go here. Uh, hey guys, if you have not already left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, would you take a quick minute, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a, uh, a star rating and a written review. It would greatly help, uh, gonna say help serve the algorithm gods out there in the uh, Apple Podcast world. Uh, helps the show get out there to more hunters, more bird dog lovers, just like you guys. And uh, it's really motivating. And I read these uh, written reviews that you guys read and how the show has inspired you or helped you in some way, <laughs> whether it's big or small. Uh, it's super encouraging to me uh, reading through some of those. So take a minute, head over there, leave a rating and review. Uh, we are on uh, uh, have a YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Instagram as well. Uh, if you have questions for me, Instagram's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Um, other than that, oh, I have a, a listener uh, question or a listener request. If there is anyone in the Kansas general area, general Kansas, who knows a great taxidermist, would you let me know? I'm going to pass it on to this listener and uh, try to get him some help. He shot his first prairie chicken and he wants to get it mounted. And I think that's so cool. It's a great story behind this bird. And uh, so if you know a great taxidermist in the Kansas area, Kansas City, he might be near like Eastern Kansas. Let me know and uh, we'll get this passed on to him. So greatly appreciate it. Until next time, put some miles on those boots and follow your favorite bird dog. Take care.